Well, this, uh, our sermon today is going to be, Jesus has risen. And when he rose, he did a couple of things. In fact, Jesus, when he rose, he actually went back to heaven. He went to the mercy seat and he put his blood on the mercy seat. Now, a lot of people go, what's a mercy seat, Dusty? Well, a mercy seat I almost think of the the mercy seat is a little bit like God's goggles, okay? Because he put his blood over what God sees here on earth. And so for those that are covered in the blood of Jesus, he sees Jesus. He sees Jesus on the inside of us. When we accepted Jesus Christ, we became a new creature. And God says, hey, there's my son and there's my daughter. Do you know that that the accuser of the brethren, like we talked about, he's been kicked out. So God doesn't have a negative voice talking about you. How about that? You know that that when it says last week, and if you want to go back and listen, because there's a lot of teaching that I did on it. But, you know, the moment that Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane said, not thy will, but your will be done. There was a voice from heaven. It was a clap like lightning and thunder. And they said, oh, it's, it's God, it's an angel, it's, it's you know, thunder, whatever it is. And Jesus said, this was for your benefit. Because the angel said, now salvation has come. You know why? It's because God knew Jesus' heart. He said, he's going to go through with it. You know, God already knew in Jesus' heart at that moment, he's going through with it. So salvation started right then. But the other part of that, which was really awesome, and if you go back and read those verses, it says, and now the accuser of the brethren has been cast out. Well, God was sitting up there on his throne and Satan got to slither his butt around in heaven and go, oh, look at Brock. You know what Brock did today, God? And God would go, what are you going to say to me today about Brock? It's a little bit like Job. Satan was able to go around and talk to Job and and able to to tell all the, the tales on Job. God already knew. But see, this is the thing. God has now shifted to where he's looking for Jesus. You know that when he sees you, when he sees how, how you're, that you've accepted Jesus, he sees you as Jesus. And so when he, put the, when he put the blood on the mercy seat, then he came back in his glorified body. Jesus came back to earth and he was talking to his disciples. And they had lots of mixed feelings about seeing Jesus. There was lots of different things that happened, especially Mary Magdalene and she came to the tomb and she was going to pray and she was going to do all these things. And the, the rock had been rolled away. And so there was an angel that told her, hey, he's risen. She goes back to, to Simon Peter and to John the Beloved and says, hey, his body is gone. An angel told me he's risen. They ran. I love John's account because John, every time he got an opportunity, he said, I beat him. I beat him to the tomb. I was the beloved. Jesus loved me more than he loved Peter. I loved how, I mean, guess what? When you get to write a gospel, you can put whatever you want in it. And that's what John did. So I look at this and I say to myself, when when they went to the tomb, there was people who believed what Jesus had said before he died. And there was people who didn't. Lots of the disciples said, well, somebody came and took his body. You know that when Jesus came back and he started talking to them in his glorified body, there was, there was several areas where he wanted to talk to them about. Number one, he wanted, he wanted them to know, hey, this is true. This is real. I have come back. But he, he had a last will and testament, if you will, about what he wanted them to do. And about what he wanted for us in our, in our lives. And so I'm going to go ahead and get us started. Because if not, I'll just sit here and just talk and talk and talk. Because I'm good at that. Matthew chapter 28. See, Jesus came back to tell them, 
Now that this has all happened, there's some authority. There's some things that I have done in order to give you authority. There's some things that God has done to give me authority. And here's how it all works out. Matthew 28, 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed to them. When they had saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. This is going to be a theme, by the way. We're going to, we're going to talk about the last, the last book, the last chapters of each one of the Gospels. And in each one of them, there wasn't any account where the disciples were like super happy that Jesus came back. In fact, a good number of them were actually doubting whether or not this was Jesus. And it says in verse 18, it says, Jesus came and spoke to them and said, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. Now I want you to understand something about this because this is not only to them, this is to you. Jesus had went through the cross. He had, he had went back. He had put his blood on the mercy seat. God came to him and said, Now all authority has been given to you. Go and give them the authority that we've talked about. You know what this authority was? It was for us to go. It was for us to live. It was for us to move and to, to be. And see, when Jesus came back and told his disciples this, they, they didn't know what to deal with it. They didn't know how to deal with it. And so, essentially what had happened was the disciples came back and they were like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what this authority means. And see, what I want you to understand is, is Jesus also told them to go to the upper room and wait Wait for, wait for the, the Holy Spirit to be given to them. And so I want you to understand when Jesus says, I have authority, you go. There are two areas that we need to understand about our own lives. You know, one of the areas is, and Charlie and I have talked about this because, you know, we have this thing called a power of attorney. How many people have heard of a power of attorney? So a power of attorney gives us the ability to do things on someone else's behalf. Do you know that the power of attorney for Jesus was that I gave you all these promises. I gave you this life. And now you go into the world and you have the power and you have the authority. Jesus basically gave us a bunch of checks with his name on it. You know, every time we pray, who actually changes things or who actually uh, is the name that we use at the very end of our prayer? In Jesus' name. Well, you know what? That's signing the check. You know, every time you pray and you say in Jesus' name, if you understand your authority, which I don't think a lot of people do. I'm going to be honest with you. I think a lot of people pray and they go, Lord, it's been real bad. I'm talking about it's been bad. I mean, you know, I got all these bills and I got people who don't like me. Well, guess what? That's not a prayer. But then they end it in Jesus' name. Well, that's not even in the word. See, we're supposed to speak his promises, which is I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know that in all of these circumstances, when we understand what our authority is, when we understand what people actually need, then we can go and sign the check for them. You know, one of the things that I, that I love about John chapter 14, it says, Whoever shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may glorify the Son. You know why? Because we're going to do things that Jesus did. And Jesus actually says that we will do them greater. We will have greater works than him. In fact, in Mark chapter 16, it says, in verse 14, it says, Later he appeared to the eleven, and he sat at the table, and he rebuked them of their unbelief and their hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. 
telling you. Do you know that the more I read the scriptures, the more I, I realize a couple of things? Do you know that, that Jesus himself could walk into this room, come up and give you a kiss on the cheek, cheek and slap you on the other one, and you wouldn't probably know who he was? You know why? Because we don't know him in the flesh. We only know him by his word. And that's one of the reasons why seeing is not always believing. How many people, how many people they, they want to see Jesus, right? They would love for Jesus to come here. I'm glad no one put your hand up because I think most people would have been like the Pharisees. They would have walked around going, I don't know if that's him. Well, you know what? The character of Jesus is in his word. And it says here in, in verse 15, it says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature for whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. This word saved is sozo. It means to deliver or protect, heal, preserve, save, be made whole. See, the thing is, we have a bunch of Christians that are, that are half Christians. They're walking around talking about their day, their, their hurts, and they're not letting Jesus fix the wholeness of who they are. See, a lot of times I think that the reason for this is because they don't want to give all of that over because that would be, well, I can't control how I feel. Well, guess what? You don't need to feel anything in order to believe. You know, most people, they believe things that are untrue because they feel it. How many people felt something that was untrue? I know I have. You know, I've been, I've been paralyzed by things to where I didn't want to go do something because I felt like I didn't have enough or I wasn't enough. Do you know that in every circumstance when we are doing that, then we're being a partial of what Jesus wants us to be because our feelings has nothing to do with what he has told us with his promises. <laughs> And it says here, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And this word means not fit for use. How many people have went to a building? I was downtown one time and there was, there was a building down there that had condemned on it. It was right next to the power building. They had, they had these houses that were up and they were like, do not enter condemned written on these houses. Well, you know, the... The drug addicts and the homeless, they went in there and slept. I mean, because it was, it covered their head, right? But the whole thing is, is that it could have fallen on them. It meant that it wasn't fit for use. It meant that it could not protect them. It couldn't deliver them. It couldn't give them the protection and the, and the deliverance that they needed. See, they were, it was disqualified for service. So when we don't believe something, then we're not qualified for that area. Now, that doesn't mean that God has disqualified us. Who disqualified us? We did. When we don't believe something, we disqualify ourselves. And it says here in verse 17, it said, These signs will follow those who believe. These are, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where it gets real, okay? And we've seen people get demons cast out of them. We've seen people get healed. But these are some of the signs that follow those who believe, that don't disqualify themselves. And it says here, in my name, I will, uh, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up servant, serpents, servants, serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You know, I was going to show a picture uh, of when I went on my mission trip. But, you know, I was eating deadly things while I was down there. It was like black beans and all these beans that was all, I mean, people were dying all around me because these beans were like really affecting me. I mean, it was bad, okay? And I'm going to tell you, I was having to pray for people because it was, woo, praise the Lord. But see, the thing is, is that when we go into any situation, because we've been given the authority by Jesus to go into the world, to do things. You know, if a, if a demon manifests in front of you, which we have them all the time, 
I, I mean, just turn on the TV. You'll see all these people running around screaming and, and hollering and, and doing things. Well, they're being influenced by the devil. I mean, if there's, if there's a devil, then there's demons, right? Well, you're going to go out into the world and you're going to be, you're going to have people who are influenced and all they're there for is to be an agent of the devil. You know, I walk into situations where it is, I'm talking about the tension is so thick. I go to work or there's some sort of issue that is going on and I walk in and there's strife and where there's strife, there is every evil work. Well, you know what? You go in, you cast that thing out of that room. Man, I'm going to tell you what, you all are looking at me like, what are you talking about, Dusty? Is this okay? I mean, if I, if I hit something that no one can handle at this point, because I want you to understand this, because you're living in a, in a world full of people who are being influenced. Now, I'm, I'm telling you this because you need to believe what God's word says. Don't believe what Dusty says. Go back and read these scriptures for yourself. See, you're going to go into the world and there's going to be people who are going to try to influence you. There's going to be people that need Jesus and you need to be able to talk about Jesus. But you know what? Sometimes you got to get the devil away from them. Sometimes you got to go and you got to pray for them to have healing. Do you know that in every situation that I've had in my life where where some sort of demonic thing is going on. If I didn't take control over it, it took control of everything else. I mean, if you don't believe it, just go look at some of your lives. Go look at some of your family's lives. Go look at some of your friends' lives. Every single time they're walking around and you're like, man, they just, they live in a bad situation. They have a bad marriage. They have a... Every single time somebody needed to take authority over what was going on. If there's strife going on, you say in the name of Jesus, strife, get out of here. And it says here in verse 18, they will take up serpents and, uh, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. These are promises. So don't let people or Satan tell you that you can't do the greater works. In fact, John 14, we had just kind of read part of this before. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I will do, also the greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. And the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask in my name. Remember that check? You get to write the check. Well, what if it doesn't work? Well, what if it does? You know, how many people wrote a check and it bounced? Anybody? Anybody wrote a check and it bounced? Did you quit writing checks after that? I mean, how many people you had a check or, or your credit card didn't work or whatever, and you said, I'm just never using money again? Well, you know what? Well, it didn't work because they may not have wanted it to work. But the next time and the next time and the next time and the next time. See, some people want to be free and some people don't want to be free. Amen. It's either amen or oh me. I don't know which it is this morning, but we'll see. All right. We're going to talk a little bit about the redemption side of things. See, when Jesus came back, (coughs) all this doubt and unbelief was going on. And the reason why the doubt and unbelief was going on is because they were afraid. How many people know that if, if I was crucified and I was resurrected, you guys would go, that person, I've never seen somebody come back to life. There would be some, there would be some times where you guys would go, I don't think that's Dusty. It might look like Dusty. He, it might sound like Dusty. You know, he may annoy me like Dusty typically does. But guess what? I don't know if that's Dusty. Well, this is what was happening with the disciples. Luke 24 says, Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said, Peace to you. Verse 37 says, But they were terrified and frightened and supposed that that they had seen a spirit. You know, most 
most of the time when people when people see something and it doesn't compute, they try to add something to it. You know, that's one of the reasons why I believe uh, I got this. I do cybersecurity for a living for the power companies. And we got this thing a couple weeks ago that said that a UFO, it's, we get these information sharing uh, emails. And it said a UFO in Nebraska was flying over a, a substation. Okay? So I get this. And I'm, we're all laughing and everything. Well, you know, every single time I have talked to somebody about a UFO or, or about something that they didn't know how to process, they always go, oh, it was an alien. It was a spirit. It was a demon. It was a this. It was a that. Do you know that in every circumstance where you don't know how to comprehend what is going on, your mind tries to add to it's one of the reasons why you see people who are schizophrenic, they're crazy. They go, well, this person was, was talking to me. Well, you know, your mind will try to add to things they don't understand. And see, this is what I want you to understand is Jesus was coming back and saying, I'm trying to flip this around. I want your mind to understand it. I want you to know that I have come back, that everything that I said to you was true. And it said in verse 38, why are you troubled? Why do you doubt? Why does doubt arise in your heart? Behold, my hands and my feet. And basically he said, handle me. Come over here. Touch me. And it says, for spirit does not have flesh and bone as you see I have. But when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. Now, I'm going to tell you this next verse, and I'm going to kind of give you what I believe, okay, about this verse. But you can take it however you want. Verse 41, it says, But while they were st still did not believe for joy and, and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? Now, this right here, I believe Jesus was playing with them, okay? I believe this was written, I, I've looked at this in the Greek, and I believe that there should be a, a comma after believe. But while they still did not believe, comma, for his joy and to make them marvel, he said to them, do you have any food? He was wanting to mess with them. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat. I'm going to show you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you that I'm real. Do you know that in, in most of our own lives, whenever we think about Jesus being real, we think about him being somewhere Oh, he's somewhere in heaven. He's somewhere in the universe. But you know, Jesus every single day wants you to know that he's right here with you. He's living on the inside of those who believe. He's not far away. He's close. And it says here in verse 43, And he took it and he ate in their presence. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you that all these things must be fulfilled that were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Do you know that, that it was not until he actually opened the scriptures that they actually believed? Do you know that this is something that I believe that God put in us, that faith comes by hearing? Say, faith comes by hearing. Do you know that a lot of times faith doesn't come by seeing? You know, most of the time when we go to these classes in science, you can ask my son. They don't go and make something blow up and they talk about thermo ener thermonuclear energy or anything like that. What they do is they tell him about it. And then he goes, okay, well, I've heard about it and I've heard about it and I've heard about it. Well, there's people who do it. But do you know that most people believe things that they just hear? Do you know that it wasn't until Jesus actually opened the scriptures and showed them everything that was in the scriptures that they actually started to see that Jesus was real? You know, we need to hear about Jesus every single day. We need to take our Bible, my little Bible that's over here. We need to take this Bible 
And every single day we need to read it. We need to go through it. We need to see Jesus in the scriptures because that's how we know him. That's how we can see who he is. I think a lot of times people, they will read a scripture, but they don't go through and they under, go to understand who Jesus is. Like I said, if Jesus walked in, would Jesus be able to, would you know Jesus? Probably not. See, that's why we need to understand who he was in his word. We need to understand him who he was in the Old Testament. I love Isaiah 53 because it says that he bore our sins and our sicknesses. Most people have heard that. 1 Peter 2.24 says the exact same thing. But I'm going to tell you, it also says that he was a man of sorrows. He was grieved that he was chastised for our peace. Do you know that when Jesus was chastised for our peace, if you don't have any peace, that meant he took it on himself. Now you can go back to, to Scripture like uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, where it says there's a peace that passeth all understanding, that it's in your heart, your belief system, and in your mind. Do you know that what happens is, is that a lot of times we just go, I don't have peace, I'm going to pray. In Jesus' name, give me peace. Well, you know what? We didn't go get any scriptures that said, how do we do that? Because if you keep following that along in verse 9, 10, and 11, it tells you, it says, and keep in your heart and your mind all those things which are good and those things are which are worthy. You know, that's giving you a commandment if you want peace. You know, a lot of times we're looking for the quick, you know, Fast food. Let me pull up to Burger King. Let me get some peace. Mm, I go into Burger King. Hey, do you got any peace today? No, the machine's broken. Okay, let's go on to the next place. Do you know that, that when we go to the Word, though, and we flip the thing open and we say, we say oh, I need to keep my, my eyes and my ears and my mind and my will and my emotions on the things that are good, then now... I've got a directive. So when something bad comes along, well, should I not think about bad things, Dusty? The answer is probably not for very long. Take care of whatever you need to take care of, but you need to have peace in your heart mostly. You know, there's a lot of times during the day that because there's so many crazy things that happens in my life that I just sit down, I literally turn everything off, and I think on peace. You know, one of my peace places is Heather. And it's Caleb and it's Kaylee and it's Micah. And it's you. Yes, Micah, you are one of the peace people. <laughs> but I think about all of you guys and, and I sit down and I go, God, you've been so good to me. That brings me peace. You've, you've brought all these people into my life. This is peace. You know, when I think about Jesus and about what he did, that brought me peace. You know what? We need to sit down. We need to think about things that bring us peace. And it says right here, uh, you know, Romans 10, 10. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you don't, read the word if you don't hear the word if you don't if you don't walk in the word then you're not going to have the word you're going to go what's that scripture that dusty said you know that's the thing about casting out demons is that if you come up against one don't go oh it's yeah i'm going to cast this demon out in the name of that person that dusty preaches on you know that happened in the bible these guys go out there and they're they're going to go cast out the demon uh, and all of a sudden they go in the name of Jesus that Paul preached or Peter preaches. And, and do you know that there was no power in that because it wasn't a relationship they had with Jesus. You need to have your own relationship with Jesus, not just sitting around waiting for somebody to give you one. We're going to talk a little bit about about Simon Peter, and I promise, 
I'm not going to get too in-depth, but I love this right here because Jesus is the, our Redeemer. Jesus is the person that is coming to bring us back to a place in God in every situation in your life. In John 21, it says, So when they had ate breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, Do you love me more than these? And this word love in the Greek is the word agape. It's the God kind of love. It's the kind of love that means that I choose something even when it's not choosable or when it's unlovely. In fact, when I teach on love, uh, Amy always makes fun because I love the word smorgasbord. Smorgasbord means that I have this big feast in front of me. And agape means a love feast. When you go look it up in the Strongs, it actually says love feast. And so that means I get to choose all of it. How many people knows that you can choose all of it? Do you know that when you go and you choose people, you may go, ah, oh, that doesn't look real good. But you know, every time I've ever chose someone that I thought didn't look real good, I always find something good about them. Do you know that they become a part of my smorgasbord? And it says right here, it says, And Peter said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, Feed my lambs. But see, this word love that Peter used back was the word phileo. It's like, it's like um, how many people have been to Philadelphia or you know about Philadelphia? It's the city of brotherly love, right? Well, the word phileo just means love like a brother. You know, how many people have siblings and like them? Really? Lindsay didn't even put up her hand. <clears throat> I, I knew that was going to happen. But, but what happened is, is that Brotherly love is the kind of love it's like, well, yeah, I got to love you, but I like, you know, I, I like you, you're my bro. Do you know that, that when, that because of all the things that had happened, you know, Peter, when, when he revealed that he knew that Jesus was the Christ, that he was the Messiah, do you know that, that Peter said, you're the Messiah, and Jesus says, you know, flesh and blood has not told you this, and he renamed him, not just Simon, but he named him Peter, the little rock. And he told him, he said, the message that you just preached, that I am the Messiah, will be the, will be the foundation, the bedrock of what the church is. And you know that, that Simon, after he had told him that, Jesus went and told his disciples, he said, hey, I'm going to die. And three days later, I'm going to raise from the dead. And what does Simon do? He says, by no means will you die. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. What God has told me I have to do. Well, do you know that, that Peter had put his whole heart into Jesus? And then Jesus died on the cross. And Peter believed in his heart that Jesus would not die. In fact, it was even worse Peter had actually denied him three times so that he didn't go to the cross. So it says here, Jesus asked him, he says, Simon, Simon Peter, do you love me? Do you agape me? Do you, do you choose me? And Peter comes back and says, I love you, brother. That's about all I can muster at this point. I really don't know if I can choose you in every situation. So Jesus said, feed my lambs, feed my young believers. In verse 16, he says, he says to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Do you agape me? Do you choose me? And he said unto him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you like a brother. That I like you. I think you're okay. I, I don't know if I can go to the point of choosing you and what you've done to me. I was expecting you to take over everything. You were supposed to be the Messiah, the king that came back and took everything over. And what did you do? You went to the cross. See, you have to understand the background of all this because 
They did not believe Jesus could die. And he did. And Jesus said, feed my sheep, feed my church. And then Jesus asked him a third time. And he said, Simon, son of Jonah, do you phileo me? Do you love me like a brother? And Peter was grieved because he had to admit, I'm not going to choose Jesus like like Jesus chose me. And he said the third time, do you love me like a brother? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you like a brother. And Jesus said to him, feed my church. You can love me however you want to love me, but I want you to know that you have a purpose and you're going to fulfill the purpose and your purpose is going to continue. See, Jesus doesn't repent of you. You know, when you guys got saved and you might have fallen or stumbled, you might have thought, well, God left me. You know, they don't, God doesn't repent of you. That's why he sent Jesus. He sealed your heart with the Holy Spirit. You know, Peter, Peter grieved because Jesus had died. But I want you to understand something, that fear of abandonment, broken promises, and shame of rejecting Jesus three times did not stop Peter. In fact, just a couple of verses later, Jesus was like, hey, I know what's going to happen to you. You're going to die for me. He said in verse 18, he says, Most assuredly I say unto you, when you were younger, you gird yourself up and you walked where you wished. See, Peter was this maverick. He walked around. He thought he was bad to the bone. He was a fisherman. You know, how many, it would be a little bit like, how many people know truckers? I used, when, I was, when, I worked, uh, when I went to school at West Jefferson, we had all these guys and they were coal truckers. And they all jumped out of their trucks with the trucker hats on. And they, they were... I don't know what it was, but there was like some sort of like genetic disposition that you had to have for being a trucker. You were always like, you know, five foot six and you were built like a fire plug and you jumped out of your truck and you walked around. And if somebody said something bad to you, just pop you in the mouth. That was the way that they, that they did. Wes Jefferson, remember that? I mean, they were, they were bad to the bone. These little guys, they did their thing and they wanted you to know it. But see, this was the thing. Simon Peter was a little trucker running around, fisherman. Had to pull in nets every single day. He didn't take crap off nobody. You know that one of the things is is that he eventually became one of the most lovely people in the whole church. He led the whole church. And it says, it says here, you walked around where you wished, but when you were old... You will stretch out your hands and another will guard you and carry you where you do not wish. You know, one of the things about Simon Peter that most people may know, some people may, but, but I didn't know this until like probably six or seven years ago. Simon Peter was crucified. See, Nero had taken over in like 68 AD and he was, Nero was just insane. And Nero was persecuting the churches. He was actually taking Christians and he would dip them in wax and then turn them into human candles. That was how insane this man was. He would take them and throw them in the Colosseum and let the lions eat them, let the gladiators kill them. And, and Peter had been caught because he was the head of the church. And because he had been with Jesus... They were going to crucify, Nero wanted him crucified. And see what happened was, as Peter said, nope, I'm not going to be crucified like my Lord. You're going to hang me upside down and I'll be crucified upside down. Let me ask you something. Do you think it towards the end of his life that after this, this little interchange with Jesus, that, that he just loved him like a brother? Or do you think he loved him with the love of God? Oh, I think Peter, his heart changed and he started loving with the love of God and he just started taking all the, he, he took everything that God had put in his heart and he said, I choose you, Jesus. I choose you so much that I will go through extra pain so that I don't have to die like you. That's called a heart change. 
And it says, Peter turned around and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following and, and also had leaned his, uh, had leaned on his, Jesus' breast at supper. See, this is the thing I love, like I said about John, is that he was not going to get away from the fact that he one-upped Peter. See, Peter didn't get to go lay his head on, on Jesus' chest. We went to the, the Thorn movie play. I'm sorry, yes. And we were watching it, and they have this one time where they got all the disciples. They've got Jesus, and they've got John sitting right beside Jesus. And so the old John goes to the young John and grabs his arm and puts him around. And then he puts Jesus' head on John's, on John's chest. And then Peter goes and tells the old John, and he goes, yeah, that is kind of creepy. Well, do you know that, do you know that this is the thing? In our lives, we can go and lay our head on Jesus' chest. You can go spend time with Jesus every single day. That you can have the peace that passeth all understanding. But see, this is one of the things that you have to do, just like Peter had to do. And it says in verse 21, Peter, seeing him, said, But Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, if you want to remain, to, if, if I want him to remain till I come, what is it to you? Follow me. See, you have your own path. Your path's not going to be like my path. In fact, some of y'all's path is not going to be like anybody else's path. And that's a good thing. You need to know your own path. You know, Peter oversaw the church for like, 38 years before he was killed by Nero. You know, Peter denied Jesus at the cross, but at the end of it, he was actually crucified upside down on a cross. And as I get the praise and worship team to come up here. See, I'm trying to be nice to y'all. I'm not preaching for like an hour plus. I, I want y'all to be able to go home and eat your ham, right? But with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask this question of you. I know a lot of you, and so I know that most of you are saved, but if you're not saved this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't want to see anybody's head up, but if you want to accept Jesus Christ, if you said, you know what, I've been in that doubt category, I don't really know what to do, I have been in a place where I I just, I, I want Jesus, I feel like Jesus is supposed to be my, my Lord and Savior, but I just haven't crossed that threshold. Then I want you to stick your hand up. Amen. Amen. All right. If you've been saying, if you're sitting there and you're going, you know what? I have been a Christian for, for as long as I, as I can remember. But I know that there are things in my life that I need to, that I just need to give over to the Lord. That there are times of, of peace that I need to have because I'm not having them. I have strife. I've allowed Satan to come in and I haven't cast him out. I'm not going to ask for any hands. But I just want to take one second and I want you to, to just make a commitment to the Lord that the next time that Satan comes along or, or there's a, a time of strife or, or there's a problem in your, in your relationships that you're going to speak to those relationships that you're going to take God's promises and you're going to speak into them you're going to say peace be still to the storms that are going on in your life that when people are, are having issues that you're going to talk to them and you're going to tell them about the peace of God that you're not going to be afraid, that you're not going to, that you're not going to walk away and leave them, but that you're going to tell them that the peace of God that passeth all understanding can be in their heart and in their mind if they'll just keep their eyes on Jesus. 
We're going to take communion this morning. Since everybody is saved, I wanted to make sure everybody was saved before we took communion. Because this is about remembering Jesus. So go ahead and pass out the implements. You know that that on the night when, and it was Passover night, when Jesus had come to the upper room and his disciples were sitting there, they had ate. And at the very end, he was telling his disciples, look, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to come back. And they didn't understand it. He had people like Judas that had betrayed him, that had went and got the, the silver and and you know, 30 pieces of silver. You know, there was a lot of turmoil that was about to happen. And Jesus gave them this, I believe, as a as a way for them to remember this for the rest of their lives, but also to remember it in the moments that was about to come. That his body is broken for us. That his blood is of the new covenant. Amen. When Jesus was sitting around with his disciples, he looked at them and he said, I do this so that you will remember me. And he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, do this every time you remember me. Take and eat all of this bread for it is my body. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that by your stripes that we were healed. I thank you that by your that by your body going on on the cross that you've taken our our strife and our our shame. That you were held up as a symbol of shame and as a symbol of um, the hatred of the world. So now we can give our shame and and hatred and and all the things that come with living in this world. We can go and say, Jesus has paid the price through his body. We just thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And on that same night, he he took the wine of the blood of the new covenant. He said, this is my blood which was given to you. Take and drink all of it. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you that your covenant that you had with Jesus, that when he went to the cross and that when he poured his blood out on the mercy seat, that we no longer have to live by a rules-based mentality. That we no longer have to live by the by a you know a goodness that we create, Father. But it was the goodness of Jesus that was that died, and it was the death, burial, and resurrection that you look at now. And that all we have to do is just believe upon Jesus. And if we believe upon Jesus, then now we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise like Ephesians, like Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. And Father, we just thank you that you're just revealing our covenant to us every single day. That we live in it and that we, that we walk in it. So that we walk in that authority when, we are, when we're with our friends and our family and our businesses. And in the world, Father... So that we can be the agents of peace, that we can be the agents of healing, so that we can be the agents that tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. We just thank you for this covenant. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
You know, one of the things that I would say is that if you have healing, if you need healing in your body, I've done this at home. I've just taken some apple juice because I didn't have grape juice. Didn't have anything else. And I just sat there, that and a Ritz cracker. You know, it's okay. You don't have to have special bread. You don't have to have special juice or wine or anything else. Probably if I had wine, there'd be more people that would show up just to drink the wine. But you know that one of the things that I wanted you to understand is that this is not just something you do at church. You can do it in your own day-to-day. Just remember Him as often as you remember Him. Everybody, I'm going to pray us out. If you need any prayer for anything, I'll be down here at the end of the service to pray with you. But Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. I just thank you for each and every person that is here and the people that are listening. I pray in Jesus' name that that on this Resurrection Sunday that people make dedications in their lives to go forth and to just believe, to go out into their world and to change their world by the Holy Spirit, to go out into their world and to be the people who are the agents of peace, Father. I pray in Jesus' name that they go and preach the good news. That if you're poor, that you don't have to be poor no more because that's good news. That if you're sick, you don't have to be sick no more because that's good news. That if you don't have peace, if you have strife, that you can have peace. Father, I just thank you that you have given us this covenant and that we're going to live it. That we're going to be those agents of change. Father, I pray over each and every person as they go forth in their week. Let them... Just have good times of refreshing this week. I pray that the people they come across, that they just tell them, that they tell them about Jesus. We just thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed. Have a great Easter Sunday, guys. Thank you.